throw your motherfucking Cincinnati hats in the sky. In a land far away, there live a rare breed of degenerates that voluntarily climb deep into the weeds for college football and NFL locks. Unabashed by betting on Connecticut Huskies plus 50 in football and emptying their entire savings account on 14-game teasers, these are the Spread Hunters. Oh, what's going on, everyone? Chuck and Houdini with you. We got a lot to get into on the chatter today. MySpace Top 5, Worst Jobs to Have and Have to Tell Your Significant Other's Parents About. Our Moral Compasses will be tested with today's On the Train, plus a guest appearance from sports personality Frank Michael Smith. We're going to shit on his beloved Steelers, talk some NBA, maybe a little Miami of Ohio versus OU conversation, throw up your Dukes Bobcats, and we'll just see where the conversation takes us. That's coming up later on the show. But let's start with our new segment off the top. You heard the intro, Spread Hunters. Houdini and I have gone deep into the weeds for spreads. We're going to tally our totals for the rest of the year and see who the better gambler is. I think we know the answer to that. It's it's Mr. Choice Cuts. I'm better at cereal. I'm better at gambling. I'm better at this point, Houdini. You got your Disney Channel original movies, and that's about it. Good to see you, man. Yeah, good to see you too. We can dive into the the hate, the death threats, the DMs about the cereal selection that I picked. All I want to say is Frosted Flakes, it's the number two sold cereal in the country. So people that are shitting on Frosted Flakes, grow up, okay? Secondly, we're doing, I don't know if you thought about this, we're doing the top five thing completely wrong. Like the way to do it would really be from one to five because what happens is you end up with Fruit Loops at one. When in reality, you know, Fruity Pebble should have been higher, but I'm taking it off the board too early. So I, I don't know if maybe it, it works because it makes me look like a jackass and then people are coming at me and, and trying to fist fight me in the streets now, but it's just food for thought. That's why the game's fun, and that is why I got absolutely housed on Disney Channel original movies. I had nothing left on the board. I should have gone with a date with my president's daughter or, or whatever it was, but I forgot about that one. The only thing left on my my mock draft was the Lizzie McGuire movie, and that's what makes it fun. One through five, my date it's with not the, the president's same. daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah so date. so you don't take Fruity Pebbles off the board first. That's why I went Waffle Crisp. I, I mean, I, it was a science of how I was going to go down the board, and you just go Fruity Pebbles, and then one, you go Fruit Loops. Like, Fruity Pebbles are 50 times better than Fruit Loops, but forget that. I don't know how we got into it. two minutes of cereal talk again out of the gate. We've talked enough about cereal. Let's get into Spread Hunters. You or me? Who wants to go first? Do you want to laugh at my picks first, or do you want to shoot your shot here? Uh, Chuck, let's hear Let's hear you. You take it away. Let's see what kind of dumbass right. picks you put together. So spread hunters, here's how it works. We go two college football. We go two NFL, four total, and we tally it up cumulative. So it doesn't matter if you win week one. It's not one point to zero. It's if I go three and one and you go one and three, that's your cumulative record, and so on forth the rest of the way. College football. We're going Cincinnati, minus five against Iowa State at Nippert Stadium. It follows my formula of being on the sharp action side, which the sharps are on, and the house's side, meaning basically that the public is putting money on the Cyclones, and when the public is on one team, you like to be on the other side because Vegas, you know, they didn't build the Bellagio on losing picks. They win more often than not. So if you can get on the side that has 10% of the money, that's a good side to be on. And Cincinnati right now has about 35% of the money as compared to Iowa State, 65. It's Nippert Stadium. It's it's a big game for Scott Satterfield. 
Iowa State lost to Ohio U. They absolutely suck. It's a five-point spread. I think Cincinnati wins by more than a touchdown. And if they don't, if Scott Satterfield and his team don't cover the spread, I think it's time to start talking hot seat, Houdini. I don't know about you. I mean, Iowa State, they did lose to OU, but, uh, I mean, that was in Athens. You got to take that into account. That's, you know, you got you got at least 5,000, you know, hammered drunk fans in the stands getting in your ear. It's going to be tough to win a football game. Iowa State's not bad. I mean, they beat, uh, what, they beat Texas Tech, I believe. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're not. They're not too shabby, and based on what we saw from UC, I'm not sure that I'm. I'm willing to lay the points against almost anybody because they can't seem to fit the ball into the end zone to save their lives. But I, I'll. I'll probably jump on it as well once game time hits. I'm actually going to the game, so shout out okay. to me. It's a. Uh, it's homecoming as well, so that should be on your side. Oh God! Homecoming, lock it in. And the Bearcats coming off a bye; their legs are fresh. That's an easy minus five. How about this one? We're going up in the point total a little bit. Don't get cute. Don't be a jackass. You, you've told me this oftentimes in gambling, and that's why you hit Penn State minus forty-one and a half against the UMass Minutemen. Ninety-one percent of the bets are in on Massachusetts, which makes me wonder what the hell is wrong with this world. Either. You know, nine people uh, essentially bet on Massachusetts and one person bet on Penn State, or we have an issue here. Why are this many people putting money on Massachusetts with 41 in the hook? This is one of those games that's 35 nothing at half, and you can just go into your DraftKings app and essentially, you know, take out 80% of your profit if you want to and hedge the bet that way. Just cash out early. This one's going to get ugly. I'm thinking 52 nothing, an easy 11 point cover. Those are my two collegiate football picks. Let's hear yours. I'm going to get right into the the weeds here. Top 10 matchup, Oregon, Washington. I am going to go Washington at home minus three. Okay. Cause I, I when, when I'm gambling, it's tough for me to take these random ass, like a, a UMass versus Penn state when the spreads get, you know, they're going to win by 40 or so I got to be locked into the game and that's the game I'll be watching. Uh, so that's three 30. I Penix is, I, I think he's a, he's, he's an elite player. Like one of the best, I think he's better than Bo Nix. I've kind of been on the Bo Nix as a fraud train for a while, and he uh, he has shut me up a little bit. But I think I think Washington exposes Oregon. I don't think just because Oregon blew the shit out of Colorado, they're you know some juggernaut. So I'm going to go with Washington minus three at home. Yeah, I take, don't hate that. Yeah, the fact that the Penix is still in college, I feel like what Cincinnati's playoff year, he was playing for Indiana, and the Hoosier faithful who they're not used to having big time quarterbacks by any means. They were booing the guy off the field in that game against Cincinnati. And now he's a potential Heisman hopeful life comes at you fast when you're 26 years old in college football. Uh, Bo Nix is probably older. Uh, Bo Nix has to be in his thirties at this point. He's been, he's been playing for quite some time, but um, my next pick is going to be a little homegrown pick in here. I was uh, for those who don't know, I was living out in Louisville, not Louisville. Don't say that over there. You'll get knocked out. Um, but they're on the road against Pittsburgh, a one and four Pittsburgh team who is just dog shit. I mean, when we played them, UC played them, we thought, holy hell, we're, we're going to win a Big 12 championship. We just beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's pretty good. Pittsburgh sucks. I mean, they are terrible through and through. Um, hopefully, Louisville doesn't have a letdown game after they um, pretty much dominated Notre Dame, in all honesty. So I'm going to take Louisville minus seven and a half. So the hook could screw me there. 
but I think they win the game by 10 plus. Um, those are my two picks. Uh, other good games on tap. We have USC, Notre Dame this weekend, Tennessee against Texas A&M, and, and literally that's it. So, and this is why college football is not what it once was, in my opinion. The slates always suck. I feel like we talked about this week one, Houdini. I'm NFL guy through and through. I love that college football games are, you get more of them and it's spread out throughout the Saturday. It's great for degenerates. But if you're not a degenerate, if you're not someone that places bets on these games, I mean, these games are irrelevant. Like Tennessee, Texas A&M, who's getting up for that one? Literally two teams that, their seasons are over. Neither of them are making the playoffs. Doesn't matter if they went out. I guess Tennessee, if they went out, they could have a shot. But, like, come on. NFL, just so much better. Uh, I'm looking at Ohio State this weekend. 20-point favorites over Purdue. Like, you literally have to force yourself into a crippling gambling addiction to give a crap about a lot of these games. Uh, well, that's why you can't you, you can't look at your phone. You can't look at a TV without a DraftKings, a FanDuel, a you know Betfred, everything under the sun. And that's the only way. And it's become a problem. The only way to watch games now that you have no personal, you know, you're not invested personally in, is you have to throw a hammer lock on it. And it's a it's oftentimes a team you've never seen and you don't know a single player on it. So this is how people wind up in a little bit of debt. Okay, so yeah, I agree. The NFL is is king because every game matters. You can you know find some type of uh you know meaning in every football game that we're playing, especially this early in the year. In college, if you lose two games, you're screwed. You're you're done. Your your best bet is the Idaho Potato Bowl. And it's any given Sunday in the NFL, and that's why I'm going with my first pick: Browns plus seven against the 49ers. Everyone in their what? librarian is on the 49ers right now. Yes, ninety percent of the money. The Sharps are on him. Everyone is on the 49ers. Chucky, Chucky Buckets, he's on the Cleveland Browns. Miles Garrett coming off the edge. He's going to get to Brock Purdy. Look, I said it's any given Sunday. Niners, yes, they are a juggernaut, but it's the NFL. Seven points is a lot. Cleveland's at home. The pass rush, pressure. Browns coming off a bye. 49ers coming off domination. Give me the points. Second pick, Jaguars minus four against the Colts. 98% of the dollars are on Indy. Don't ask me why. I'm not an Indy stand by any means. Just the Pacers. Sharps are on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not buying the Colts. I bought into the Jags in the preseason. I'm taking that one. Gunner Minshew, man. Uh, Gunner Minshew. That's why the public's on him. People love why, themselves a little Minshew. His name's Gardner. You said Gunner last time. And oh, I was gonna, shit. I was yeah. going to follow up. Gunner. Yeah, I was going to follow Gunner. up. I was going to follow up and be like, you know, his name's Gardner, right? I'm but I'm like, maybe I'm he thinking just Gunner Keel. Down the field. Yeah. I'm thinking Gunner Keel, dude. I'm just thinking you see shit. God, I, that, that's unbelievable. That's, that's a get terrible a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, get that's, a lot. That's, that's pretty bad. Um, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to go Saints minus one and a half against the Houston Texans. I know you think that they stink. Um, I beg to differ. I think the Saints with Kamara back, uh, Michael Thomas, Olave, they got a pretty loaded offense if uh, Carr can figure it out a little bit. And he figured it out against our boy Bill Belichick last week. Um, and, I, you know, the Texans are just too young right now. I think they're, they're feisty. But I think uh, Saints win that game by three-plus. Um, and then my second game is going to be – it's a little ballsy. I'm going to take the Bears – plus two and a half against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, if you want to get dicey with it, take a money line. Uh, Vikings without Justin Jefferson. My fantasy team is going to be suffering for those who obviously care about that. 
Um, but the Bears did. Um, Fields, he's kind of flipped the script. People all of a sudden, you know, week one through three, he needs to be benched immediately. All of a sudden, he's all over ESPN as they found him. They found their franchise guy after two games. So we'll see if that continues. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take the Bears at home plus two and a half with the way Fields has been playing. I like that play. Sharps are on your side, so you got to love that. And then finishing up our spread hunters. It's the spread that we did not have to hunt for. It's been shoved in our face this entire week. Bengals minus three against Pete Carroll. Are you hitting it? Are you staying away? Or are you going to be a disgusting human being and bet on Seattle? Breaking news. I'm seeing minus two and a half right now. I'm seeing minus two and a half. And that, my friend, is what we call jumping on the train. Okay. We want to do on the train, off the train. I'm on the train. Bengals minus two and a half against our boy Geno Smith and Pete Carroll, the gum chewing son of a bitch. Um, I like if Burrow looks anything like he did, we should win this game by seven plus, right? And that's really the what it's gonna come down to. Will Burrow play like he did last week and he looked unreal? Um, or will he play like he did the, in the prior weeks? And if he has any bit of the old Joe Burrow, which I think we're pretty confident as far as a show that we're going to see that, you got to take the Cincinnati Bengals there. What a segue. On the train, sip stealing. Are you on the train with sip stealing? I'll start us off because I absolutely am. Don't Dude, come explain at me about sip my integrity. Stealing. Explain Don't come sip at me stealing. about my integrity. Yeah, so it's, it's a Bob Walter I didn't staple. know what this was. My father did this for years. You go to Chipotle, you go down the line, you ask for a water cup instead of paying the $1.95 or whatever it may be for a drink. You get out of their sight and you just fill it up with whatever you want. My dad was a big Sprite guy or lemonade guy because he's thinking, ah, oh, you can't get the Coke in case, you know, in case the janitor's over in the corner watching. He may see that brown come down and say, hey. So he, he, he sticks to strictly Sprite typically. But yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I'd say water, please. I'm all for it. It's how I was raised. And it's funny because my buddy Weeks actually one time we went to a McDonald's after like a basketball game in sixth grade. And I, of course, got my, got my cup, walked over to the corner, filled it up with my, my Fanta. I went a, a step further and he goes over there and tries to do the same thing. His dad saw me and said, what are you doing, Kevin? That's against your moral compass. How could you, how could you do this? You're disgracing the family name. I mean, his dad just literally destroyed him, wrecked his entire life as I'm sitting there drinking my Fanta for free. So I want to get your take. Are you in the sip stealing? No, no, I'm not a thief, Chuck. It's just not part of my, it, it, it's not part of my DNA. I don't do it. I had a buddy actually one time at Subway when we were like, for some reason, we went to Subway consistently from like fifth to eighth grade. I was there like every day. And a buddy did a little bit of sip stealing, thinking, hey, who cares? You know, it only cost them three cents to make this when, when I technically steal it and get the water cup. And he was thrown out of the subway. He had to take his sub and go home, quite literally. And that may have scarred me personally because I do not – I'm not a sip stealer. If I, want, if I want a drink like an American, I'm going to pay for it, and then I'm going to fill it up with Sprite, fill it up with, you know, Dr. Pibb, whatever we're looking for. But no, you cannot be sip stealing. And I actually got a, an, an award once. Because Mr. Pibb my, is not a doctor. Mr. Pibb was not a doctor. Go on. What's listen, I'm all over the place. But I got an award once at Chipotle. All my buddies, all my buddies, like everyone else does, fills up their water cup with lemonade because it's on the same nozzle. 
I went in there. I filled it up with water. A Chipotle worker came over, gave me an XL drink, and said, I saw what you did. Go ahead and get yourself a soda, son. A man of character. Yeah. A man of character. It all comes back. Yeah, man. I went to a CeCe's Pizza one time out of all places and went in there and they threatened to call the police on me. I was in like fifth grade and the hard ass working behind the desk was like, yeah, you're going to jail, buddy. I'm like, what what do you mean I'm going to jail? Because I took this Dr. Pepper. Why do you even care? It's not coming out of your pocket. You're like the, the night shift manager. And yeah, like your buddy that got booted out of the subway. A, a young Chuck Walter was booted, but you know, I don't have to worry about it anymore. Maybe I'm off the train of sip stealing now. Cause I just get waters in general. I'm not really getting Sprite anymore. I'm a, you know, water it's, it's the healthy way to go. You get a burrito, you get a water. You don't need a Sprite. Come on. You don't need all that sugar. So yeah, I'd say I was on the train at one point, but I'm a man of water and integrity at this point. <laughs> Special guest today, very special guest friend of friends of the program it's uh frank michael smith located in his hometown of the steel city spent some time out in la in oxford ohio guy we're breaking down everything with frank michael smith but i wanted to start off frank with the fact that i was looking at a little text chain that you had with dave schmidt yesterday and he he, he (laughs) sent me all the details and he said frank michael smith thinks you're coming in asking him about his rise to the top in sports (laughs) and how he was able to gather two million people to watch all his videos on tiktok and i said hell no that's not what we're doing with frank michael smith that's not what we do on the chatter and congratulations on the two million subscribers but we're coming (laughs) right away with the heat he's from pittsburgh this is obviously a cincinnati-based podcast i just have to ask you how has it felt after all these years of just waving the terrible towels and Steelers domination, how has it felt watching the Cincinnati Bengals reach the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship, and back-to-back years while your Super Bowl is waiting for Matt Canada to get fired? Welcome on the show, man. Well, thanks, Chuck. Really, really great to be on. Um, by the way, it's $3 million. I don't know what kind of research we're doing on this pod here, but it's $3 million. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm really excited to not do a podcast like that. I think that's kind of cheap. So let, let, let's chop it up about the Steelers here. First of all, this is really poor timing from you. If you would have asked this question and you guys were like four and one or something, I'd be like, damn, like he's got me, but you guys look oh, awful. We're back. We're back. You, you see awful. Joe Burrow against the Cardinals? Oh, no, you the, beat the worst team in the Holy league in back. Arizona. Congrats. You beat Arizona. <laughs> they suck. Like you guys, come on. Come on. You're right about the Canada thing, though. I mean, I I did a Steelers podcast today. No one understands it. Like, here's what the real Pittsburgh thing is on that, though. I don't know if this is just a local thing or how well this is nationally known, but Matt Canada never had an NFL job until he left Maryland. Now, why is Maryland important there? Mike Tomlin's son, Dino Tomlin, got a scholarship for Matt Canada to play at Maryland. What happens next? Matt Canada gets his first NFL job, becomes a QB coach, gets promoted to coordinator. The whole thing's a backdoor deal, and it's terrible. It's it's so cheap and unprofessional. We hate it. We were chanting fire Matt Canada at the Penn's home opener last night. Just your overall thoughts on the team uh, throughout the first, what, five games of the season, two and three. They beat the Ravens. I actually texted you the other morning and said, I hopped on that Steelers plus four and a half, and they came through for me. Is Kenny Pickett the guy? We definitely cover, man. We're a, we're a good team to bet on. We've been that way for a couple of years now. But 
Look, it's just ugly. It's just so ugly. It's it's bad football to watch. Like, there's no entertainment value here. Um, you know, we might win some games, and who knows? We might even make the playoffs, but you can't score more than, like, 24 points. You can't get 400 yards. Forget 400. You can't get, like, 300 yards. Like, this team's not actually going anywhere. That's my real thoughts. You- it's, it's fun, but, like, I take it for what it is. You still got faith in uh, our boy Kenny Pickett, small hands Pickett, or are we? What are we thinking there? I'm curious. No, I'm a Steelers guy. I, I, so I feel this is like the populist take right now on Pickett, but I subscribe to it too. You can't really judge him until you give him a real supporting cast, and so far, I think we've done a pretty good job of that with the talent around him. Like we saw George Pickens win the game. Uh, we saw George Pickens win the game versus the Raiders last year. Like he makes big plays, man. And they have like the, I think last year they had like the highest QBR amongst themselves. Like when he threw to Pickens, it was number one in the league. So there's good stuff actually on the field, but until we get a real coordinator, to start running a real offense, it's really hard to judge him. Right? Like we look at Brock Purdy right now. I don't think anyone thinks Brock Purdy is like Tom Brady, but I mean, my God, the guy's five and oh, he looks incredible every week. He's got Shanahan. Seven for your last eight, I saw. Congratulations. That's a uh, big time you. In, the, in the world of gambling. How many units are we up with that seven of eight? Are you hitting money lines? Are you hitting spreads? Uh, those are um, those are all Sleeper. So I'm sponsored by Sleeper. Shameless plug here. Um, promo code FMS. But I do only player props on Sleeper. And they're all like roughly minus 110, like if they were actually on the sports book. But... Yeah, man, they're all these player props. Do you want me to? Can I give away the two I'm going to do for Thursday Night Football right now? Hell yeah, we want that. Houdini and I actually, yeah, we we just had a a segment on the beginning of the show where we gave our picks. So give us a sleeper right now. Give it to us. Okay, I really like Russell Wilson over 218 and a half yards passing. Now, it's like the way to look at this one is this is, um, Instead of fading the public, you fade like the meme public. Like Russ is like more of a meme than he is a superstar QB nowadays. And I think it's hurting his actual value as a player. He's good right now. He's got the fourth highest QB rating in the league. He's throwing great D balls. I think he's top 10 in deep ball accuracy. Yards per pass, he's top 10. The line's actually been blocking for him. If you look at like amount of time given to throw in the pocket, he's number one. Um... The receivers, I don't think, are the issue, and they're going to be down in this game, so they're going to have to throw a lot. He's hit his over, I want to say, like eight of the last 14 games, so he's been pretty good on this, and 218.5 seems kind of low, so love that one. Second, we got, and this is like, I think it's a bit more risky, but we have Isaiah Pacheco over 11.5 yards receiving. Um, They played, obviously, twice last year, same division. And if you count a combo of McKinnon and Pacheco, 17 receptions for 215 yards. That's huge. Uh, Last week was kind of an outlier. McKinnon, I mean, Pacheco didn't do anything in the air, but all the weeks prior, he was great, uh, getting a lot of targets, receptions. And then if you look at how Denver defends against running backs, catching balls, it's horrible. The last five they've played have all hit their over receiving. So give me Pacheco there. 
both of those. That's it. Yeah, yeah and, and we're locking those in. And if they don't hit, we're going to send you a Venmo request on Sunday at about 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. That'll so, be the quickest for- decline in the history of Venmos, but please send it. <laughs> I love the Russell Wilson. I love using, like, instead of the advanced analytics, just going into meme culture, essentially. We're using the social media algorithm. I'm I'm a fan of that one, so I'm going to lock in the Russell Wilson for sure. Seriously, so he's not the to. issue in Denver. Yeah. He's not like as I, I want. I wish he was because I made a video before the season talking about like um, how bad Denver is. Like I want to do nothing but dump on Denver this year, but it's he's not the issue. He's good. Yeah, yeah. No, no I mean he's, he's played one well. Of the best Payton. quarterbacks of all time. Sean Payton, the best quarterbacks we, of all time. Sure? All right. <laughs> That might be one of the best quarter, not all time. One of the best quarterbacks all time that's currently playing. How about that? He's no, you know, he's no Drew Bledsoe. I think that's actually fair. That's really fair. He's been to two Super Bowls. I mean, we always used to cry about him not getting MVP votes. He's right there. He's he's top five of active quarterbacks in the NFL. Now that Big Ben Roethlisberger's out of there, you could take him off the list. It's clearly Mahomes. Doesn't matter how many years he's played. I think Josh Allen's done enough to be on that list. I think uh, Joe Burrow's probably done. I mean, it's a, it's a young league right now. You, you don't have Andrew Luck in there anymore, who's been out of the league at this point for like eight years, which means we're getting old. I'm trying to think of any veteran quarterbacks I mean, Breeze is out of the league. Who, who Who's a veteran right now that would be on that top five list that I'm missing aside from Russ? Rodgers? Rodgers. Yeah, I was going to say Rodgers would have to be right there. Yeah, they've all just gone. Rivers, Breeze, Brady, Ben, they're, they're all gone. It has to be Russ, actually. I don't even think it's even close. Yeah, it's it's non-debatable. Yeah, well, I'm going to flip the script on this because I, I know we said we weren't going to ask him about you know his rise to fame and all that good stuff, but I do have I have at least one question on this. And I'm sorry I had to hear Chuck's. I don't know if you know, but uh, he's got a bit of a hard on. He tries to make this a 49ers podcast any chance he can get. Um, so I think we've heard enough of that shit. Um, as far as, so if people don't know, you can check him out. It's Frank Michael Smith on Instagram, right? That's and right. TikTok, right? You can check him out. He's amassed a, a hell of a lot of followers, um, doing a whole lot of sports content. My question is, you know, when did you... When were you aware, at least, that, hey, I can do this full-time, right? I can, you know, make more than enough money full-time to do this job. And how fucking sick was that day for you personally? Well, first, I want to say congratulations on completely stepping on Chuck's Open there. I mean, like, that, <laughs> yeah. just, just a hell of a job on that one. Right. Um, I want to know. But I will say that that's actually not one of the questions I get, like, a ton of the time. Like, I, I – like, it's – and I'll make fun of these people who I appreciate all the sh- shows I've been on. And like, I'm fortunate to be in that position. But when people start asking the questions like, so like, what's a day in the life? I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Like you just didn't even try to prepare for this podcast. Like I, I'm never coming on again. But uh, but no, it, it was really cool. When I started making TikToks in 2020, um, the moment I knew that I was like, all right, like I'm all in was I got fired from my job. I worked for Clutch Points, and that's why I lived in Los Angeles. And we had a dispute over the ownership of my page, which was crazy because I created it on my phone, in my apartment, on my email. Everything was mine. They tried to like say that they owned it. It was nuts. So it got ugly, and they fired me. And I was like, "All right, chips are all in. I'm doing this." And it was great. 
sometimes that's all it takes in life a, a little gamble and it, it's paid off for you big time with the sorry about the the, the two million mix up three million which leads me into my next question a little segue i was actually at a bar in chicago over the weekend and saw a food influencer that i, I watch his videos quite a bit of him making lasagnas or whatever and he has about one hundred fifty thousand subscribers i went up to him at the bar shameless tapped on his shoulder. I was like, Hey, are you the food guy? Absolutely. And you could tell based on his and his friend's reaction that he had never been recognized in public. And this is a guy with, you know, 150 K pretty decent falling with 3 million. I would imagine you get recognized a decent bit and forget Pittsburgh. Cause I'm sure a lot of people know you in Pittsburgh, but nationally, I'm sure you get recognized here and there, maybe the airport chilies, whatever it may be. What's the most random place you've ever been recognized? Uh, all right. Let me tell the story. Of the first one. So first of all, I like, let me preface this by saying it's the greatest thing of all time. Anyone who wants to say like, it's like, Oh, like the humble thing. Like, Oh man, like you're bothering me or like, it's just whatever. That's just like part. No, man, it's super cool. Like I love it. Um, it's, it, I think it's especially interesting for me because it's not like I'm performing live for people. I'm sitting down in my basement, like hanging out with my cat, making videos, you know, I'm not like interacting with people all day. So to actually see the people who are part of this number, this views number is awesome. Uh, but yeah, the first time I ever got noticed, I was playing golf with my two brothers and my dad in Arizona, and it was still during COVID. And we played and we were hanging out, having a beer afterwards. And I had like, it was, we were on high chairs and I had just got out of my chair like a little bit, stretched my legs out and some guy tapped me on the shoulder and I was like, oh my God, this dude's going to tell me like to put my mask on. Like I hate this guy already. And I'm like one inch away from the table. Cause that was the rules, right? If you got away from your table, you had to put your mask on. I was like, I'm going to lose it on this guy. And he was like, Hey man, are you Frank Michael Smith? And I was like, oh yeah. Like what's going on? <laughs> uh, that had to be the most random. It was the first one. And it was in front of my two brothers and my dad, which made it even cooler. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a big time flex right there. Uh -oh. And, and noted Frank Michael Smith, cat guy, we're huge dog guys. We're not going to kick you off the pod for saying that, but, uh, that is, <laughs> like that too. is, that is a hell of a first story. So cool. The guy ID'd me. He was like, no, you're not. He's like, you're not Frank Michael Smith. Give me your ID. And I was like, oh, surely here it is. You signed an autograph. Did you do a photo. Yeah, we got we did get a photo. Um, no one, no one ever wants an autograph. They all want photos. They're so worthless. Like someone I was doing a Reds live game and I think I got maybe three autograph requests the entire summer I was doing it. And I'm just depreciating baseball signing it. And my friends are watching from the corner like, who the hell wants your autograph? Like, you're probably not <laughs> even going to be in TV in two years. And they were right. So, um, yeah, good stuff. And then on the flip side of that, did um, as far as you don't put the most polarizing content out there, but with that many followers, you got to have some trolls there. Have you ever had any, you know, a particular post or some guy coming at you for the Russell Wilson over after you put out a play like that? Are you getting... Are you getting a decent dose of the trolls or is it more smooth sailing for you? Oh yeah. You'll get some trolls. Uh, I do some polarizing stuff. Like I, I do a lot of opinion videos now. I didn't used to do that in my early days. It was a lot of evergreen stories, origin stories. Um, I like the opinion stuff. Those are the, like, I just like writing those more. It's more fun. Um, and whenever I do those, sometimes I'll touch a nerve and 
some of the messages I have some of them, like I don't delete some of them because they're funny. Like the I'll look back at them and be like, oh wow, like that guy really went off. Um, you guys probably speaking of food influencers, you guys probably haven't seen my brother's content, but this is the best troll story. Uh, Chef Roy, if you look up Chef Roy, you'll find his stuff. We share the same video editing team. He's got, I think he's got over 500,000 subscribers on YouTube. So he's not small. Um, millions of views, my brother. And he made, I forget what video it was, but he had this British guy not just troll him, but leave an audio DM in his inbox. And this guy went off on him in a British accent for like a minute and a half. I was like, yeah, fucking wanker. Like, why would you do all this stuff? We were losing it. Like I, he probably still has it. I'll have to get it for you guys, but that's the all time best. Hey, I want to get into some Miami, Ohio talk because Houdini and myself, we are Ohio Bobcats, the real bricks of Very Ohio, good. as they say. Yeah. And we also have, uh, the original, Bagel Deli. You guys call whatever the hell your Bagel Deli is gourmet food. You throw a bunch of Doritos on a sandwich. Oh, it's five star. No, that place stinks. <laughs> are, you Ohio, steamed? are they steamed bagels? Is it, is it the same thing? It's the same exact thing. Congrats. Like, I'm sure every campus in the United States has them, but Miami's for for whatever reason, everyone that's attended school in Oxford thinks that theirs is just a little more special. It's a Miami thing. It's just the way you guys roll. So on that note, I went up there one time for a, I think it was a Miami, I mean, it was obviously a Miami, Ohio OU game or else I wouldn't have been covering it. So I went there in like a February and all my buddies, Dave Schmidt, Max Ritchie, the, the entire gang, they were telling me this thing called a trash can that they had at, uh, what was Brick the Street. bar? E e Brick Street. Yes. So they said, these things are strong. And I said, I go to Ohio U. Playboy number one. This is like 2012. Playboy number one school in the country. You guys aren't even in the top 25. Get the hell out of here. I ordered two of them and I guzzled down two of them in about a span of 15 minutes. And then I woke up about 10 hours later. Statue of limitations is up on this one. I do not condone binge drinking. Um, it's terrible for you. It was a horrible stage of my life and it ended up being a, a terrible night. So the last thing I remember was waking it up at about 2 a.m. with shaving cream all over myself. Kevin Colmeyer and a few other people that I barely even knew above me with just shaving cream cans. And I had it all over myself. I think I had Sharpie all over my face. So this is what they do to guests in Oxford, Ohio. I had nothing <laughs> against these people. So I left. I was all pissed off. I was like, you guys are assholes. I walk out onto the cold streets on a February day. And I'm walking around till about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning trying to find my buddy Weeks' apartment. I cannot find it. At this point, I'm freezing. I left my jacket at that apartment. It was the closest I ever came to dying. I was walking around for about an hour and a half. I thought I was getting hypothermia. Eventually, I found Weeks' apartment. I was buzzing on his little uh, apartment. Fortunately, a, a, a fan of the program, actually, Matthew Burning, saved my life. He, he heard me from the window, and he's like, Chuck? And let me in, gave me some blankets, and I survived. But yeah, Oxford, Ohio, I will never go. Yeager Stadium's a piece of shit. Uh, Millette Hall's even worse. That place is an absolute <laughs> dump. Everything about Oxford. The townies are just a little meaner than the townies in Athens, Ohio. Oxford, to everyone listening that went to Miami, Ohio, and you beat UC, a, a big old finger to you all. I, I, I can't stand that place. Any rebuttal? 
Uh, yeah, a lot of rebuttals. <laughs> you hit a lot of points there. <laughs> it's like a five-minute run. went on a monologue. Holy yeah. hell. Uh, I almost died. That was the, it, it, like, <laughs> in life, you can point to a time where you almost died. Some people say, you know, I almost got hit by a car. I got in an accident, whatever it may be. Mine was Miami of Ohio after a couple of trash cans. It the, the night took a very wild turn. I was covered in shaving cream and Sharpie roaming the streets like Sasquatch. It was bad news, man. It was a, did you, did uh, a disgusting, dirty, deceitful night. What's that? Did you get backpacked? What's the backpack? We use the, the fact that this is even a verb is probably just means we drank too much, but we used to have to do this to freshmen a lot. And it happened to me. I remember I actually, when it happened to me, I did feel the same way. Like, man, I really like could have had alcohol poisoning or something, but we used to, when someone would drink too much, probably too many trash cans and pass out, used to throw a backpack on them. So they'd sleep on their side and they couldn't move over and choke. So it was a safety wow. precaution, but it was called getting backpacked. And we'd be like, you know, at the bar laughing like, oh, so-and-so got backpacked. Wow, um, that's... No, I didn't you, get backpacked. I just did got... get back. If they were able to shave and cream your face, you probably got backpacked. I got backpacked. But... And then I probably walked out of there with that backpack and uh, roamed the streets of Oxford. It was... Uh... It was it was scary night to say the least. But your time in Oxford, um, what whether it was the journalism program or the communication school or just learning video editing, did anything about what you're doing right now come from those days in Oxford, or was it just a way too much boozing and a, a bunch of people launching fireworks from Phytal to SAE? Well, uh, can I give you like a real answer for that in one minute? But I want to backtrack to the to the trash cans for a second. I have some good stories because I used to bartend at Brick. Okay, so you probably served me that night. Honestly, you probably almost killed me. Uh, so it's good to it's, have it's you on the possible. program. It's the least you could was, do. First of all, it was like the worst job ever. On a serious note, I'm glad I worked it because you do learn like you gain a lot of perspective on like how shitty jobs can be. You get there at like 7 p.m. And the, and the people you're working with are like all people who never graduated there. And, but they just like became townies. So they all have this complex about them that they're like, they're like better. And, but they're not like, they're a bunch of guys who didn't graduate college. They're kind of failures. And those are the people you have to take orders from. You get there at like seven, you get off at four and then you have to shower and then get up for like an 8 a.m. class. So it was a terrible job. I actually had to cheat to pass the bartending exam. That's a real thing that they give because nobody comes in as a seasoned bartender. And there's a book of shots you got to learn. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like I, In addition to all my classes, there's no way I'm learning this. So my buddy who got me the job was like, oh, yeah, just like get your phone out while they give you the exam. It's, it's Brick Street. What are they going to catch you cheating and turn you into the dean? Like, no, never. So... <laughs> I cheat on this thing and I pass the exam and then it comes time to actually serve drinks to people. And it's a bunch of like, there's a rule in Oxford where you can go to the bar at 18 years old. I have no idea how they got that law passed, but you can do it. So it's a bunch of 18, 19, 20 year olds ordering drinks. And finally, at the end of the night, someone would always order some random shot. And I didn't know how to make any of these. So they'd order something and some of them had real raunchy names. Like one of them was called like a redheaded slut. This girl was like, can I get a redheaded slut? And I was like, yeah. And I, and I go back to the bar and I get like a little bit of vodka, like some cranberry. I just make it look red and give it to them. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, thanks. That's delicious. Like, I was like, okay. 
That went on for six months. I never learned how to make any of the shots. I mean, I feel like you could in Athens, same thing. It, like, it didn't matter as long as there was just a, a hint of booze and it was the same color as whatever they were looking for. No one's saying shit. I'm pretty sure in Athens, they were filling up booze with uh, water and giving it out. People were paying like six bucks a shot. I'm sure that was the same stuff in Miami. That's a deeper conspiracy. I, we never did that. The, we definitely didn't do that with the trash cans because those are a four pour. You have to kind of be strong, like have some wrist strength. Four you pour. pour. You pour four different thin at the same time, and then you put Red Bull. That's why Chuck and- was backpacked. Yeah, dude, yeah. I, 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 went, I went to church. I went to church for two straight weeks after that night. That was uh, that was tough. Well, I mean, some we did that. That is how we treat our guests, though. Like one of my buddies visited, and we have a photo of like how many French fries we could stick in his nose, and it's <laughs> still legendary to this day. <laughs> yeah, Chuck's like, I don't know what's going on. Every time I go to Oxford, I wake up with four backpacks on. I, I just can't figure it out. It's like, <laughs> well, buddy, stay away from Brick Street and the trash cans, you clown. Um, that is funny that you were saying about, I think it's probably similar with all Mac schools, just because the athletic program isn't necessarily like your Ohio State's. It almost felt like, at least in the eyes of like, we called them like the, the bar stars. And it was the bar crew who was kind of like, they were like in their third early 30s almost. And they almost ran the town. They were like a bigger deal than the athletes that 100%. were walking around campus. Would you agree? Was that kind of similar in like the Miami yeah, Oxford like, area? Those are like well-known people around the town. Like they <laughs> lived there. They they all went to school there at some point. And it just like college wasn't for them. And they just like, you know, now they're salaried bartending at Brick Street. And they like they they conduct themselves like they're the shit. And I was like, what is going on here? Like how you guys are the opposite of that. Like you failed to graduate. Everyone graduates college. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> it's going to yeah, show it's up. Like, Literally. You just got to know one person in class, know when syllabus day is, know when the first exam and the second exam and literally get yourself a two five and you're good. Yeah. So it was, I mean, that was frustrating for me as someone who's like naturally hardworking and entrepreneurial and all these things. Like I didn't want to be taking orders from this, like, <laughs> Towny loser. <laughs> this guy's probably listening to the show right now. Hey, wait a minute. I'm a superstar. Some of them, some of them are actually like decent guys. I shouldn't say that, but some of them were Towny losers. These guys are getting cold out. Hold on real quick to, to segue. You're a Pittsburgh guy. So you must love Portillo's sandwiches where they put the French fries on the sandwich. No, I haven't man. had it yet. You're totally disrespecting Pittsburgh. It's not Portillo's that's Chicago. It's Primanti's. No, I'm in Chicago right now. I'm thinking Portillo's. I had it for dinner last night. I know it's Primanti bros. That's a, that's a Freudian slip. It happens to the best of us. I will not. Disrespect <laughs> I do. Pittsburgh. I do like Portillo's though. Portillo's is delicious. And yeah, it Primanti's, is. Primanti's is it better than Skyline? Because you've you've had Dude, a little taste. I of love Skyline. I am not. I'm not going to give any anti Skyline commentary ever. I love Skyline so much, and I can't stand it when people slander Skyline. It's awesome. It's good when you're sober. It's good when you're drunk. It's just not good if you don't eat it right away. That's the only thing. Do they have Gold Star in Miami, or is that? Is that does that exist? It's like a franchise very similar to Skyline. If you're not familiar, no, I I know all about Gold Star. Here's the most embarrassing thing about Gold Star: it was not in Oxford, Ohio. We only had Skyline. But when I went to Paul Brown for the first time, uh, they took the Gold Star sponsorship. That's all you can get at Paul <laughs> Brown. Totally sellout, embarrassing. Bengal fans should be rioting about that. It's not a good it's, look. 
it's skyline now, man, for the for the Andy Dalton and Carson Palmer years. Yes, just it was gold it. star. But as soon okay, as Joe good. Burrow came in there, yeah, they said we we have to step up our game and make sure this city doesn't riot with the type of chili we're serving. So anyway, segueing. NBA talk. I know you're a huge fan of the association. What's your favorite storyline this year? I know Chris Paul's now a member of the Golden State Warriors. I know the Bucks are loaded. Celtics are even better than they were last year. What do you like? Well, well two things. I don't want to fraud you on that question. I did graduate with interactive media, so I did learn something at Miami, and I do use it, which... Great. Credits me for something, I okay. guess. We got, we, got in the bar, we got into bartending for about 10 minutes talking about those superstars. I completely I, forgot I'm that I asked I'm an interactive media major. I did learn video editing and graphic design and things like that. But for the NBA this year, my favorite storyline, um, I don't know if there's one in specific, man, but I'm really excited to watch Dame on the East. Um I watched him so much when I was in LA, but like, I, I don't stay up until one 30 AM watching games. Like, I'll just be honest. I don't think anyone expects that from me, but if you do, I don't do that. Um, so now that Dame's playing in Milwaukee, I assume they're going to be on national TV all the time and I'll get to watch him because he's easily top three, most exciting player to watch. Who do you like? I, I see like you, you dive into some of the analytics a lot of times in some of your content. Who do you like? I just personally, and I, we don't even have to talk about analytics from, uh, from the East. Cause I know, People want to count out Miami because they didn't do much to change the roster. They lost a couple of starters, but you got you got Dame, like you said, with Milwaukee, and then the Celtics went and got Drew Holiday. I'm a little bit of an NBA nerd myself. Who do you like out of out of the East? Well, I like I like Milwaukee. Uh, I think it's going to be Milwaukee and Boston. I know it's a super chalk pick. I think Milwaukee ends up making the finals. Um, but now that I've had one minute to think on it, I want to go with James Harden. All these reports are coming out right now saying like, oh, you know what? James Harden reported and things are good. Things are – there's no way things are good. Like that is such a lie we're being told right now. In China, he went – like imagine this like situation, by the way. He's doing a camp in China. What, what did like one of those campers ask his opinion on Daryl Morey? It was like totally unprovoked. And he's like, yeah, Daryl Morey's a liar to a group of campers in China. And now he just reports to camp and because they threatened to find him. He was like, the moment that he could lose money, he was like, okay, I'll be there. The fact that we're just being sold the story that like, oh, everything's cool. He's at camp right now. There's no way that's true. Something is going to blow up in this situation and it's going to be incredible content for all of us. Similar to you at Brick Street telling your your manager that you think he's a liar, a scumbag, and you do not respect him. And then two weeks later, you're serving the redheaded slut shots and everything's apparently good. So I can't imagine that it's any good right now in in, in Philadelphia. I like that player comp. I'm I'm here for that player comp for <laughs> yeah, sure. It's right there. <laughs> Real quick, just because I'm a diehard fan of the Indiana Pacers, and I know no one listening to this podcast, there may be one person out there. Maybe it's our uh We've actually seen the analytics for this podcast. We randomly have like two listeners in Argentina, and I think we have one in like India. I don't know where the hell they discovered the chatter or if Podbean's just lying to us. But we do have viewership across the country, apparently. And we have some viewers in, in the, the beautiful state of Indiana, the flat state of Indiana. That, that like the Pacers give me something to be excited about, because as a Pacers fan, I haven't been excited since Lance Stevenson blew in LeBron's ear. I mean, it's easy, right? Like you have Halliburton on the team. He just got a super, super fat deal. 
Um, we'll see if he can live up to it. I think he will. I watched a ton of the USA international team. He's amazing. He's one of the best guys in that team. He looked like he should be there. Um, I think his shot keeps getting better and better. He's a huge guard. He's super tall. I think he's come nowhere close to reaching his defensive ceiling. Um, and he's a fun player to watch, man. It's I think that's like the easiest question possible. Yeah, him and uh him and Benedict Matherin, best backcourt in the NBA. Some are saying it, you know, most slept on in the some, NBA. Some are saying it. <laughs> Maybe some the two guys that watch this podcast in India are saying it. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like Benedict yeah, right. Matherin, not that much. <laughs> yeah. You got anything else, Sidini? No, I think um, I think we covered everything, man. Um, I know we we kept you probably a little longer than you're anticipating, but appreciate it. Love, uh, I mean, look look at the the Miami Red Hawks and the Ohio Bobcats getting together in peace. This is beautiful stuff, guys. It really is. It, it's I, I I'm still kind of unsure who Chuck's teams are. I mean, he he's named a lot of different states here. What I can you give he me just a just make shit up? Part, he right? doesn't know what he's doing. I'll, I'll give you the rundown. So. Uh, my team in college basketball, obviously, as you can see behind me, if you're watching our YouTube page, that's a shameless plug to subscribe. The Cincinnati Bearcats. I, I freaking love the Bearcats. They're my team, which is actually wild that I still love collegiate basketball with how terrible the product is. And the fact that Houdini and I didn't even go to UC and it's still like yeah, our that's team. Why I was I getting I, confused. You, you talk yeah. about OU, you've got a UC thing. It's the what's going on? Yes. Are you, just, are you spreading your shit out all over Ohio? Yeah, at this point, I, I like every team. I, I work down in Alabama, so every once in a while, I'll come out of retirement with the Crimson Tide. No, I hate the Tide at this point. Covered Kentucky. I don't care about Kentucky. My team's Bearcats, Bengals, Cincinnati Reds, and Indiana Pacers. I mean, those are the teams. But I've covered, like, the Warriors and the Niners and Kentucky and all these different quote-unquote blue bloods to where if they're good, I'll, I'll, I'll hop on the train because I haven't experienced much happiness in my life. I mean, you get to wave a terrible towel and put fries on your sandwiches and watch championships here and there in Cincinnati. We just, you know, we get drunk and roam around Oxford, Ohio, two trash cans deep and almost die. That's, that's what has happened in the life of Chuck recently. So maybe this year we'll get a Cincinnati Bengals Super Bowl. Yeah. We'll get that a couple of trash cans and life will be good, man. No doubt about it. Thanks for coming Absolutely. on, man. Yeah, that, that, that was fun. That was, I, there was one thing I didn't get in there. Um, Dave told me to ask you about your fear of apples. I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself. Oh. I couldn't squeeze. No, that in. no, no. This is, this is, we, we chopped this up afterwards. So here it is. Take two. You're asking me about my fear of apples. I'll tell you back circa 1995, a young three-year-old Chuck Walter had a rotten apple with a worm in it and ate it at Lake Winoka. And it was disgusting. And yeah, since that day, 27 years have gone by where I have not touched an apple. Um, actually, a lot of times in high school, our English teacher, Kevin Buckley, told us that if I bit into an apple, he'd give us all A's on our tests. And I would eat the apple, eat the apple. I wouldn't do it. Uh, senior year spring break. So when we were down in, I can't believe it that. is selfish. It's it, it is selfish of me. It's painful to say it. Uh, spring break senior oh. year. I, uh, again, this statute of limitations is up. I, I had a little too many PBRs and went to sleep before everyone else. And they created an apple village. Like they carved eyes into the apples and put toothpicks coming out of their heads and they put them all over the walls and like strung them down. The fact that they spent like an hour on spring break messing with me over some apples is ridiculous. But yeah, ask Dave to show you that video. It's pretty funny. They're playing like the Jaws music <laughs> and there's apples everywhere. Oh God, we're idiots. I'm, I'm still... I'm still kind of in shock about like the 
the cartooniness of it all. I thought the worm in the apple was reserved for like kids' cartoons. That really right. happened. Like Chuck's Jimmy Neutron. Life, yeah. No, yeah. That's my <laughs> life, man. I'm a cartoon character. I, I I took a bite of the apple and everything about it. It's like the texture, whether they're cut or whether you're biting the thing. Like someone asked me, they're like, would you rather have just a big bite of an apple or a sliced apple? And I'm like, you know what? If you doused it in caramel or fried it and put it in apple pie, I may take a bite someday. Like maybe on my deathbed, they'll be like, Chuck. It's time. Just eat the damn apple. You're, you're, you're going in 25 minutes anyways. Just take a bite of the caramel apple and I'll say fry it first, then put caramel on it. Dude, don't, then don't, we'll you got yeah. You got to stand tall. Don't do it. If that moment do comes, it. you got to No, you got to stay in your ground. Cause what if you like it? You're going to have a ton of regrets. Yeah, you're, you're right. I, I could have kept the doctor away yeah. all those years. The anti-apple community is going to flip on you, brother. You've been preaching anti, you've been <laughs> preaching no apples man. for decades now, man. Yeah, good stuff, Frank. MySpace top five worst jobs to have when telling your significant other's parents about what you do. I went last time when I won cereal. You can go ahead, Houdini. Start us off. Um, I'm gonna go with Elvis impersonator. Um, this can be a tough one at you know family dinner when you know they're going around and the brother-in-law is a you know a surgeon, the other one is a lawyer, and you are a full-time Elvis impersonator. And it's especially tough when you're not even in Vegas. Like I just do it in Cincinnati. I just go around the Fountain Square, just impersonate Elvis. So that is uh, yeah number five on my board. I'm gonna go with uh, Pooper Scooper. I think it's it, play the hits at this point. Everyone knows that the pooper scooper does not have the sexiest job in the world. You're eating Thanksgiving dinner. Your grandma's sitting there or your your wife or girlfriend's grandma is sitting there and asks, hey, Chucky, what do you what do you do for what do you do for a living young man? I scoop poop. I work for a company called Duty Calls. Yeah. The husky down the street. Let me tell you what. He takes some massive dookies. I pick them up. I put them in a bag. I hop into my car that's got dogs all over it. It's basically like the car from Dumb and Dumber where I'm driving in the uh, the Wagsmobile down the street. And I do it for eight straight hours. And I get paid a, I get paid a living. I'm a man of, of honor at this point. It's a job that's needed, but it's not a job that everyone's willing to do. And at that point, the grandma is getting ready to put the cranberry stuffing into her face. And she says, you know what? Can I please be excused, David? So, yeah, I'd say pooper scooper, number five. Yeah, and, let, and let's be clear. All these jobs are needed. It's just it's just what would, you know, you not want to necessarily share with the, with the significant other's family, right? All these jobs are prominent and they're needed in society. And that leads me to my number four, clown. A, a, a full-time clown is a tough, it's, it's a tough job. And I think they get paid similar to the blimp uh, pilots. I think they get paid. You can get paid like 70 grand a year as a full-time clown. But I mean, it's tough. You got to put the makeup on. You got to, you got to act like a clown all day. And some, some would say we as a podcast do that for free, but um, yeah, clown is my number four. I'm going to go with pro magician stealing this one from you. Uh, I think it's a good number four. It's fun for like five minutes. My wife's distant uncle who's married into the family. I'm not going to say his name for solidarity on his part, but he, um, he's actually a magician. And for about five minutes, it was great. I'm like, Oh, everyone loves some magic tricks. He's giving me the, Oh, what's the card? He's pulling. What's the card? He's, He's pulling feathers out of my ears. Honestly, some impressive stuff. 
But after about 10 minutes, it gets to be a little much. I'm like, all right, I, I've had enough. My wife's over there. I, I, I don't even know you enough with the magic tricks. I get it. You're, you're a man of skilled illusion. I understand. And then they start talking to you about their son's baseball career and how he could have gone D one if he wasn't in the pot. And it just gets a little bit dicey. So magician. Yeah. Number four, that's tough. Yeah. No, the, the magician, it's always been, uh, I've tried almost every one of these jobs that we've listed so far. <laughs> I've, I've taken a swing at them. Um, I'll go with number three, um, director in a pyramid scheme. I think these are always tough um, because most people have been approached in their DMs or something. Hey, do you want to do this? And then you buy this. And then I know you actually were a victim of a pyramid scheme, unfortunately, back in college. Um, and I would hate to do that to other people. You know, you're you're a fraudster. You're, you're a criminal, really. Yeah, well, th that's the thing. You, you tell the family about it, and that's where you try to get them on board. And if you recruit them to the team to sell Vimaverve Energy Drinks, the official drink of the Phoenix Suns, then you're good, and there's no issue there. So it's a catch-22. If they're on board with it, then you're just actually adding to your clientele. Being in a pyramid scheme is always tough. Number three, let's go with an adult film star. Actually, you know what? An adult film star, at least you're making money, you're living in L.A., whatever it may be. A struggling adult film actor to where you're in films that no one's even heard of and your name is ridiculous and the family's like, wow, you you, you got into an industry that is you know, a little bit shysty and you suck at that too? You're, you're terrible at everything. Get the hell out of our house. So number three, adult film star. Well, I'll just segue that into my number two. Um, Pornhub set cleaner. So that's the guy. Yeah. What, what do you do? I come in with the mop after a bukkake. Um, so it's a, it's a brutal job. It's a brutal job and it pays well. So yeah, that's, that's my number two. Good 401k. <laughs> yeah. They, they got great benefits. Uh, number two, let's go with a uh, mall Santa Claus. I think it's a good one. Oh. As soon as, yeah. As soon as you're telling the the wife's parents that you're a mall santa claus they're just looking at you a little bit differently everyone loves santa claus unless you're you know a 45 year old man working outside the local macy's then it's a little bit weirder um look everyone needs a mall santa claus you you need to you know everyone needs their kids to sit on someone's lap that wasn't able to make it in any other career so they throw on a big white beard and dress up as santa claus and yell out ho 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 but with that being said, it probably wouldn't have been as bad. It probably would have had four on my list five, 10 years ago or 20 years ago at this point. We're getting old. But bad Santa really did not help the, the mall Santa's image by any means. So number two, the mall Santa. Mall Santa. I love I would love to be a mall Santa personally, but I, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, no, I, I, I would, I would love to do a lot of these jobs, for example. I'm just saying. That's not worse jobs. This is not what the topic is. It's worse jobs to tell the in-laws. Exactly. Family. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. You got to. You got to find a very holiday-spirited family. They might love it. They might be like, "This guy's great." Um, my number. It's this is very niche. This is very niche. And like I said, we're getting to the bottom of the list. The way that we do this, reverse order. But I still think it plays. The head football coach of Bishop Sycamore. Now, for those who don't know, Bishop Sycamore is a fake high school 
that um, doesn't exist. They played on ESPN, lost by like uh, 95 to one of the better high school programs. And all of their players are actually in their mid to late 20s. Um, and this guy, I think he's um, currently, is he is he on trial? I don't even know. But that would be a tough one to admit that you run a high school that is actually just students that are, you know, 25 plus that couldn't cut it. So that's my, that's technically my number one, because that's the last one I had on my list. Number one restroom attendant uh it's a, it's a tough job you know someone's got to do it we it, the people didn't ask for it but the people needed it even if they don't know they need it first time i actually went to chicago and let's go with like 2012 i was like a sophomore in college that summer going into sophomore year and i saw the bathroom attendant in there and i was like what the hell is this it was a nice bar what the, what the hell's going on here who's this guy had a big thing of starburst had his cologne had the condoms and everything. I went over, grabbed about five Starbursts, spritzed myself with some cologne and said, good day. He grabbed my arm. He said, where are you going, buddy? You're not taking five Starbursts without leaving me. A t-. I mean, they're aggressive, man. It would be a different story if those people just were there for the, the simple cause of making people happy and giving them what they needed. But they expect money. You take a few Starbursts and walk out of there. You could expect them to grab your arm physically well, and, and yeah, you can't take you can't. That's the trick of the trait. You can't take anything from the dudes. If you take anything they have set out, you are you're basically that's theft at that point. You need to tip. But the worst part is, is even when you you, you literally just take a piss, like you literally go to the urinal, take a piss. And some of the guys get really into it. They'll come up and try to unzip you and flush the toilet for you. Um, but half the time, it'll just be them handing you. Before you can even get to the paper towel dispenser, they hand you like 20 of them and then they like shove their tip jar in front of you. It's like, dude, can I even can I even take a pee in this country without having to tip somebody? It's it's getting out of control. So, I've, yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board with this one is a, is kind of a tough one. And we're going to cancel tips on one of these shows coming up here soon because it has Ridiculous. gotten out of control before you even order your food on Uber Eats. That's already priced up with a $15 tax. They're asking you for a tip. So it's out of control. I have noticed sometimes that you can take the paper towels from them because they don't give you a choice. They're handing you the paper towel they, one yeah. way or the other. You don't have to tip them for that, but they do give you they that. They want you to. They give you that stink eye, like, you kidding me, buddy? I just handed you a roll of paper towels, and you're not going to give me five bucks? What are you doing? But that's a tough one to to tell the family about. I don't know if it's number one. You may have won this one. Put a little more thought into it. That does it for the show today. Chuck and Houdini, this is the chatter. See ya. Uh, I-